0: it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion.
1: Welcome in. It is another edition of Green and Growing, our first time live streaming on YouTube, uh, this very show. We tried it last week and found out we needed authorization for 24 hours, not last week, but on Tuesday when we did this. So we ended up only having it uh, on Twitter. Now we're on both. So little by little, uh, some progress. Also, some news uh, that uh, we should announce, too, coming up on Tuesday night when we do this. Uh, we're going to have John McLaughlin with us uh, as part of the podcast on Tuesday. Bucks legend. Looking forward to having Johnny Mack join us coming up on Tuesday night. Nathan Marzian over there. And uh, so, your thoughts, I guess, before we get into the first topic concerning Giannis, uh, Nathan, on how the Bucks uh, have looked uh, lately here. The last game, obviously, coming last night against the Pistons, which was pretty much a route, uh, I guess, from the word go for the Bucks last night.
2: Yeah, I mean they're taking care of business. Seven and zero, can't complain too much when you're seven and zero. And last night's game was, yeah, I mean they they really just took it right to them. It never was that close. Uh, Tuesday night's game, I believe it, no Monday night's game. Monday night's game was a little bit, um, you know, got close at the end. wasn't the prettiest close to that game, but they still got the job done. I mean, again, can't let them complain much. They're seven and zero, and yeah, I mean Drew's playing great again, which is awesome to see offensively. So. Uh, that's kind of been the, the main takeaway the last couple of games has been Drew just turning it on.
1: And we'll talk about Drew Holiday uh, and his play coming up uh, as our second topic on the docket uh, today. Marjon Bochamp, uh, again, gets a little bit more run. You know, he didn't hit a shot necessarily offensively, but defensively, again, you're seeing his quickness, his length, uh, you know, providing some problems for the opposing offense. And I think that is going to be what his role is going to be this year, where they're going to play him, you know, 15 minutes a night maybe. Uh maybe on nights where there's some foul trouble, maybe he gets more than that. Uh, in spurts to where he can get his feet wet, maybe get a shot or two up. But the main thing I think they're gonna ask of of Bochamp is to show uh, why they drafted him, and that is get him on the floor for his defense, Nathan.
2: Yeah, I I don't expect him to play a ton once we kind of talked about this. Once Chris and Pat are back and this team's healthy, not expecting Bochamp to be out there much or Wara really. There's just not a ton of room for for those guys who are kind of getting minutes right now, you know, you have 15 minutes to kind of give out, but once those guys are back, those minutes kind of go away. I do like that. He's playing right now. They'll get his feet wet, as you said, and, you know, give him a chance to just at least, you know, show what he's capable of, give him, give him some run, get him comfortable out there. And, you know, I, it just, it can't hurt. So I'm glad to see him getting some, getting some opportunities. You know, the
1: other thing too, about this Bucks team right now is we sit here and we look at it. There's a lot of guys, obviously, playing very well uh, at this point point. and you have the uh, the probable return coming here shortly of Chris Middleton that will uh, you know inject uh, another facet uh, into this Bucks team but they're playing well they haven't lost like you said and we'll get into your comments on Twitter earlier today that had me scratch my head a little bit that will be later in in the podcast uh, but having said that you know we talked about it uh, on Tuesday night as well there's going to be an adjustment period for sure when they go to inject Middleton back in. And then when Connaughton is ready to go and they put him back in and then Joe Ingles, when he comes back in January or whatever it is, there'll be another adjustment period there. You're really not going to know what this team truly is going to look like, probably until around the NBA trade deadline. When you know Ingles have been should uh, have been playing for about a month at that point, month and a half at that point, then you'll kind of understand, okay, this is what it looks like. Is this good enough to win a title? is this good enough, you know, to get you to where you want to go. Uh, and that should be enough time. I would think for John horse and, and Boonholzer Holzer uh, to figure out what they would need at the deadline, if anything, because if they're playing really well, like they are right now, which is much better than how they started last regular season, if you remember correctly, uh, then I think all is well. And part of the reason I think they're playing so well is they got knocked out of the playoffs relatively early last year. So you had an extended summer of rest, not Giannis, right? But the rest of these guys, Middleton, Drew holiday had an extended rest. So their legs are fresher. They're fresher. They're ready to get back at it. Um, and they're hungry again. And I, I think that's part
2: of it. Yeah. And you know, as you said, I, I do think it might take a couple games for them to really gel. Once those guys come back, as you get, you know, Pat back, Chris back, Joe angles back and really, you know, how the rotations are going to work and how these lineups are going to work a little bit, but as we mentioned, this is not like a new team. This isn't necessarily the only guy that's new that's going to be really added in here is Joe Ingles, but everyone else is pretty much the same. They're kind of, you know, they know the drill already. I think that makes it that much easier for Bud to figure out the rotations because he knows what this team looks like. We've seen it, you know, last year and it was essentially the same team. So um, shouldn't take too much time to really get these guys back into the rhythm rhythm of things and really get this team going again, um, you know, at full strength. But it's just, it's a good sign that even not at full strength or they're playing as well as they are because coming into this year, you know, we've talked about it. Did not expect them to get out to this hot of a start. I didn't necessarily expect them to struggle a ton, but thought that they might be hovering, you know, right around 500, just over 500, kind of treading water while we wait for these guys to get back because we saw how bad the offense was in that Boston series outside of Giannis. I thought, okay, it's going to be kind of like that. And the offense hasn't been fantastic, but the defense has been just that good um, led by Brooke Lopez, who we've given a lot of praise to already through two episodes on this podcast, but it's just been that good defensively. And um, for them to be seven and oh, is just, it's, it's awesome. And something that I definitely didn't expect when uh, you know, the news came out that Chris and Pat were going to miss some time to, uh, to start the year.
1: You know, that's the other thing too. We talk about uh, with this, this Milwaukee Bucks team is When we talk about how far they can go, part of it's going to be like it is for every every NBA team is how healthy can you be, right? I mean, can Brooke Lopez be healthy like he is now come playoff time? Can Middleton be as healthy as he's going to be coming off that injury? Normally, coming off uh, an ACL injury, it's the second year before you get back all of that movement and that athletic ability that you have. Normally, that first year, you're not necessarily at 100% where you're going to be. In year two. So there's going to be some of that going on too with Middleton that people are going to have to kind of expect and understand throughout this year. And then, of course, you know, Giannis, 34. I mean, he, he's got to be playing at a high level and be healthy and not having, you know, dings and, and Knicks and whatever else to be playing at seventy five percent or something like that from the beating he takes throughout the course of the year. So many times in football, it's healthiest team wins. That's normally how this kind of ends up going, right? You have teams that are more talented, but they got five guys that are on the IR that got hurt, uh, and they're never able to live up to expectations. Baseball, kind of the same thing. And I don't think basketball is really any different. And to a degree, I think part of it's luck. I mean, you kind of have to get lucky and stay healthy, Nathan.
2: Yeah, every year it seems like the team that wins the title people try to discredit them by saying something, you know, Oh, well, they played a team that was missing this player. That happens every single year. You can't find a single season where a team didn't, you know, beat some injured team on their way to the champ because people get hurt. It's literally, that's what sports are. And as you said, some of it is just luck. You have to be a little bit lucky with not having any, you know, major big injuries and be playing your best ball at the, at the right time. And, you know, that's what we kind of saw the Bucks start to do. Um, Honestly, the past couple of years, I, I think last year, the, the Chris Middleton thing threw a whole wrench in that, but they were playing their best basketball near the end of the year. And it was unfortunate he got hurt. But the year before that, obviously, I mean, we played Brooklyn, who was not healthy, probably the more, you know, the more talented team. Right. But the Bucks the got hot at the right time. They got, you know, they had everyone except for pretty much Dante healthy in that playoff series or that playoff run. And they, you know, Giannis, Chris and Drew were fantastic all playoffs. And that's what just carried them to the title. And it's like, it's a long, long season. And that's why it's, you know, you don't want to overreact too positive or too negative to the highs and lows of, you know, starting seven 0 is great, but that doesn't automatically mean, okay, this team's going to, you know, go make the finals or anything like that right away. It's about staying healthy, getting everyone healthy, getting your team to their best, you know, play their best near the end of the year when things matter. Let me ask you this because you bring up DiVincenzo. Do you find yourself ever rooting for
1: a player after they leave the box? Cause I, I, I just, just, I mean, nine out of 10 times, there's no chance. Like I'm not rooting for DiVincenzo wherever he is, Golden State. Uh, I was watching the Kings game the other night uh, and there is Della Vadova who I didn't want the Bucs to sign the first time around and they gave him $9 million and I still haven't moved on from that. Uh, so now I'm watching a play for the Kings and then Rami Makloff does a post game chat uh, for some of these games uh, for Sactown Sports on YouTube. And he signed, but oh, Deli, you know, it's not going to show up in the box score, but boy, the stuff that he brings in adds. And it was everything in my power not to go crazy uh, watching that. So I, I'm not rooting for him either. Do you find yourself rooting for Bucks players after they're no longer Bucks players after they've moved on? Like a PJ Tucker, everybody loved? Because I'm not rooting for
2: PJ Tucker now that he's not a Buck. Um, Depends on a few factors for me. Number one, how likable is that player on average? Like, I think PJ is a likable guy, but as a player he's kind of that pest where he, if he's on your team you love him, if he's not you don't. And so sure. either way I think I'm not a, you know I, I'm not rooting for him when he's off our team. I'm not I'm usually not anti any of these guys. I'm not going to go out of my way to root against them. Um with PJ, I mean he went to the Sixers and the Heat, which is, you know, that that's going to affect it too. It's who who do they go to? What team are they playing for? If he was going to a team in the West where you're not really concerned about them as much, then it's, okay, it's probably, it's less likely I'm going to be rooting against them. But with PJ, he went to two rivals in the East. I'm definitely going to be rooting against him. I, like I said, I I don't necessarily root against them, but I'm not necessarily rooting for them either. I think I'm kind of usually just indifferent about it. And depends on, as I said, the player and
0: who they go to. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. All right, let's
1: get into the first question at hand: What to do about Giannis's jumper this season, and is it a concern or no uh, for you as a Bucks fan? Nathan, you brought this to my attention that apparently there are still some Bucks fans uh, that are getting all worked up about Giannis's jump shot. I saw one person uh, getting all worked up, saying that he needs to find a real shooting coach to go work with, and yada yada yada. Uh, but then there was that there's that one dude on. Twitter, what is that? Lethal Shooter or Sharp? What's his name? Lethal Shooter. Yeah, I don't know who the hell that guy is, but either way, <laughs> he claims to be really good at what he does. And Giannis was with that dude at one point. I remember seeing on, on social media that he was there working out with him. So if that guy's any good, Giannis went to him and, and tried to figure it out. I, it's, it's, this isn't a situation in my, my personal opinion where he's not working, that he's not trying to get, make it better, that he's, he's not doing everything he can to get himself over the top. Sometimes you just are who you are at a certain point, and you kind of flatline as far as where your talent level is going to allow to uh, allow you to go. And I don't know if that's necessarily the case with Giannis's jumper. That this might be as good as it gets at this point, and everybody just needs to move on. But damn, he does everything else so well. He's won MVPs. He brought a championship to this town. Like, leave the dude. Uh, and seriously, leave the dude alone. Like his lack of a jumper. Ain't going to be the reason you don't win a championship. Him missing free throws, maybe. Okay, maybe that's something that happens at the end of a game and everybody gets mad at. So maybe you point to that. But even in that case, it's hard for me to go yelling at Giannis. You cost us the game. Hey! It's not happening. It's just not going to happen. There will be other things that happen in the course of a game that everybody will point to as about a bigger deal than Giannis missing a 15-foot jumper or Giannis missing a three-point shot or whatever the hell else it is that bothers all you people about this dude. Like, he ain't going to be here forever more than likely. Enjoy him while you have him and just chill out on all the Giannis stuff. I, like, again, I didn't see as much as you saw. Obviously, that got you riled up to want to do this topic. But the fact that it's even out there should not be happening right now.
2: Go ahead. Yeah. So the first thing let's address is yes, he's. This is obviously something he is working on. He's, you know, this isn't just because he's not necessarily getting better percentage wise with the threes doesn't mean he's not working on the threes. We all know Giannis is a a a gym rat. He's he's in there constantly. He's working on his jumper, all that, trying to improve his game. I think I'm, I'm in the camp, and I've been in this camp for a few years now the three point shot i've kind of reached the point where i'm like it's not going to get much better i think i think the three point shot is always going to hover right around 30% that's where it's been the past 3 or 4 years he started out about 35 40% this year and then now he's back down to 24 um it's always going to be streaky it's always going to be um you know hit or miss it, it, it's just there'll be a couple he'll hit a couple in a row then he'll go on a you know one for 10 stretch it, it's going to happen He's never going to be, I, I just don't see him becoming a consistent 35 plus percent three point shooter. I just don't see it happening. As you said, the free throws are definitely more important in terms of a, a shot at an outside shot kind of thing that he's taking because he gets to align so dang much. If he starts, you know, consistently missing a bunch of free throws that actually hurts your team a lot more than and you know, it could taking, be the end
1: of the game scenario.
2: Where you yeah. know you're you're down two points and there's two seconds left
1: on the clock and they follow him figuring that's a better option. He goes and makes one of two, and all of a sudden you lose that round of the playoffs, or you lose a playoff game, or you lose a big a big deal, then yeah, people are gonna be like, dude, man, you gotta hit your free throws, right? But even when you get past that, again, Nathan, there will be other points of that game that everybody can go back to and be like, Yes, it was a big moment. Yes, maybe he missed shots that cost him, but this moment, that moment, this moment are all bigger deals that should never have put him in that situation to miss the free throws to begin with.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And the free throws, I mean, he's been at around 70%. Like he's even, I mean, this year he's, I think 66, 67 early in the year, but it's not like he's sitting there shooting 50% where, you, you know, oh my gosh, this guy cannot hit a free throw. He's, he's been fine with those. It's never going to be an 85, 90%, you know, borderline right. automatic. It's not going to happen. Um, that should not be expected, but He's been fine with the free throws. I think the mid range this year has been a little disappointing to me because that's the shot that he improved on a lot last year. Shot around forty two percent on mid ranges last year, and I think he's at thirty um, percent so far this year. That's the one because the threes are always going to be the same. The guy they're, they're going to let him shoot the three. The mid range is going to get a lot of mid range shots, and that's kind of the in terms of the counter moves where you can't always just go through someone because they're going to you know if you get into the paint. It allows for offensive fouls and guys to collapse and everything it makes it a little bit tougher for him to have those, that counter of a little bit of a mid range, a 10 to 12, you know, eight to 12 foot shot, those little fadeaways. Those are the ones that I think can really take his game to the next level. And it started to last year, been disappointed by it this year. As I said, he's around 30%. That's the one that I want to see him continue to, you know, hopefully improve on and get back up to that near 40%. Um, Cause I think he can be a pretty good mid range. shooter. I think that's a lot easier of a shot. To master, I should say. I mean, not 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 master, but get pretty good at. Rather than the three point shot, if I mean, it's hard to just go from a thirty percent three point shooter and jump up to, you know, above average. Whereas with the mid range, it's it's that's not that hard of a shot. He's getting open ones. It's they're not usually super heavily contested. So that's the shot we saw him hit last year, and I think he can improve on for that. But as you said, I mean, that's not the thing that's gonna. You know, nobody should be getting too riled up about this. I see people saying that. He needs to just eliminate the jumper from his, you know, arsenal completely. No. Kind of, it's like, that's not how it works. No, you know, you got to shoot a few of them, keep the defense honest. It's like establishing the run in football. Like you have to do it. I mean, even if it's not working, you have to, and there's going to be games. We Last night he, he, he hit a few mid-range shots and there's gonna be games that gets ugly and he might go all for five on jumpers or for six on jumpers. It doesn't mean you just completely abandon it. Exactly. Go, he knows, you know, where his bread is buttered. He knows that going to the paint's going to be the best thing for him. And so when he needs to, he does that. And he's averaging 33 with, you know, shooting terribly on jumpers. So it's not an issue. It's not something that people should be getting too upset about. Um, as I said, the only thing that I've been a little bit disappointed in is the mid-range, but he's averaging 33 regardless. Like, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's, he's been amazing. Yep, no doubt
0: about
1: it. All right, move on. Topic number two. Is this the, the Drew Holiday we can expect to see the rest of the season? going forward and again we touched this uh, on this tuesday on green and growing uh, and again make sure that you download green and growing right google music apple odyssey spotify green and growing you'll be able to find it everywhere if you see a plant show come up just put bucks next to green and growing and then you'll find uh, our podcast that we record every tuesday and thursday if you're watching this you can get the audio version of this all the time and then this video itself Um, I will make sure to put up on the Steve Sparky Pfeiffer YouTube channel. That's where the Curtin Long Packer podcast is with Ryan Horvat and and myself. That's where this one will go as well. And again, we'll try and figure out this whole live streaming thing so as many people can watch it live as possible. Uh, Okay, so Drew Holiday. Beginning of the year, uh, the first couple of games, not so good. Uh, Then Drew Holiday, now the last two, three games, much better. This is kind of the Drew Holiday everybody expected when they traded for Drew Holiday and we didn't really see this guy in the playoffs. And again, people were frustrated, I think, by how that whole thing played out last year. Now you're in a situation where it's early in the season. His legs are fresh. There is no Chris Middleton to have to share the ball with. And he gets to be that second guy to Giannis. As I said on Tuesday, and I'll say today, this is all going to change when Milton shows up. And will this go back to being what it was, which is they're the two main guys. I'm the third guy. I'll wait here if they need me, but I'm going to make sure to get these two guys going. If that's what happens, I just don't think they're as effective. Like he needs to get his shots. I'd rather have him taking 12 to 14 shots than having Grayson Allen taking 10 shots. Like fine, Grayson Allen, you can take four shots, but I'm going to make sure he gets his shots at the end of the day. That's kind of how I view it right now. Um, It was my same sentiment I had towards Eric Bledsoe when um, nine out of 10 times, he wasn't aggressive. Uh, and he sat back and watched Middleton and Giannis and didn't want to interrupt. And now I feel like with Drew holiday, it's the same type of deal. And it's a hard mix to go back to the Miami heat with Bosh and Wade and Dwayne Wade. When that whole thing started, they were all trying to figure out their roles. Wade didn't necessarily want it to be the closer, wanted it to be LeBron. And they were going back and forth on that. Bosh knew where he was, but there were still nights where he didn't take shots because he was standing around kind of watching the other two guys do their thing. And they had to figure that out. So I don't think it's any different here. Uh, So I go to you. Is this the duality we can expect to see the rest of the season going forward? Mr. Nathan Marzian?
2: it's gonna be still inconsistent it's gonna still be up and down we've seen this for two years now with drew on the bucks um i just i i can never you know when he's playing bad i'm never gonna say this is what we're gonna continue to get and when he's playing this good i'm also not gonna say this is what we're gonna continue to get it's gonna be somewhere in the middle on average i mean the first four games, he was averaging 14 on 31% from the field and 27% from three. Right. He's gonna be much better than that. Yep. Last three games, 28 and 8, 59% from the field, 48% from three. He's not gonna be quite as good as that. He's gonna be in the middle somewhere. And that's where his averages have fallen so far. Um, averaging about twenty-one and seven and shooting thirty-eight percent from three. I think that's where he's gonna, you know, again, these averages are gonna stay about the same it's the, the problem with the drew offense is it's largely dependent on his defensive matchup. If he's going against a very good guard on the other end and has to defend someone, you know, for 40 minutes or whatever, uh, a very good guard, he has not been as effective on the offensive end. No, just, Cause he's we, using you know, a lot more energy. Yeah. Yeah. And again,
1: defense. yeah I mean, that makes sense. If he's got John Moran or somebody
2: that absolutely makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, And I've said, you got to, you got to hope that we saw in, in the opening night game against the uh, Sixers, he's defending hard in the whole game. You know, that's a tough matchup drew shot two for 15 in that game. You got to hope you can be that he can be better than two for 15. You know, he can be five for 15. That's still not good, but that's not going to kill you. Um, But you know, we've seen this for a couple of years now where when he has, when he has to put a lot of energy into the defensive end and really focus on that end, it's going to affect his offense. And I think that people just have to kind of accept that hope that these bad stretches are not as bad as they've been. And the playoffs, you know, again, cause we know in the playoffs you're going to have to ramp up the defense. So the offense is going to, it's definitely going to take a little bit of a dip, um, which is okay. Cause you're getting that much out of him defensively. You just have to hope that the dip isn't that drastic. And you know, a- again, it, it, but th- these inconsistencies are inconsistencies are going to happen. People kind of just have to accept that. Well, look- not He's going to continue is, to average 25. Right, but this is the thing, right? What makes a superstar a superstar? The
1: consistency of playing yeah. at a high level night in, night out, not having nights off, and being that player all year long. Then you have star players, which is Middleton, which is Holiday Fringe star player. but that That's what those two guys are. Middleton, we know one thing, right? He's going to get hot, and he's going to look like an all-star for two or three weeks, and he's going to carry you. And be like, dang, he's good. And then he's going to get that patch in the season at some point, January, February, March, it may be different this year. Cause he's starting later, but January, February, March, where dead legs, whatever you want to call it happens. And you can't hit the broadside of a barn and go stone cold. And you're like, holy cow, but it's every year. And he's talked about it in the past. A couple of years ago, it was like, this happens to me every year. I go through a funk uh, and I can't score and I can't hit anything. And then I come like, when I come out of the other side of it, I'm good. Holiday, I don't know if it's as drastic for Holiday as it is for Middleton, but yeah, that up and down, I think, is for more more players than not in this league, and that's what makes the LeBrons, the Giannis's, the John Morant's, the Steph Curry's superstars, because they can do it each and every night with defenses focusing on stopping them, and they still can go out there every night and get their points and get their numbers, Nathan, and that's what I think fans forget. They think everybody should play like Giannis, And be at that high level every night. And it's just not the case for most NBA players. It's just not.
2: That is, this is exactly what I've said to many, many people regarding specifically Chris, but it applies to Drew as well. Is like, yeah. I mean, do you expect this guy to play well every single night? Because if you do, you're expecting him to be a superstar. And I don't think anyone actually, you know, nobody would tell you Chris Miller to be a superstar. But do you know why? Do you know why that is though?
1: Right? Because of what they're paying him. They're going to tell you, Nathan Marzion, hey, dude, paying this dude a lot of damn money. He ought to play like a superstar for as much money as they're paying him. And this was the same thing, and I'm guilty. Guilty as charged. You said you listened to me when you were younger. Sold. But uh, guilty as charged, Michael Red. right? I was all over Michael Red. all over that man, night in and night out for not doing his deal. Hey, man, you got a max contract. Play like you got a max contract. you want won a superstar and kind of an all-star right and he wasn't that guy night in uh and night out so for for me we've been through this with red if you're old enough to remember watching michael red play and now it's kind of similar with what we've got now with
2: middleton and holiday to a certain degree nathan i agree with you know i understand why people do get upset why people hold them to high expectations because yes they are paid like that however Again, I don't think it's realistic to expect, regardless of, you know, how much they're getting paid because they're getting paid to play well in their roles. They're not necessarily getting paid just to, you know, okay, you're getting this amount. You should play this. Well, I think when we pay those guys, we're expecting Chris Middleton to be, you know, we know he's going to be a little bit inconsistent. We know he's not a superstar. Nobody, you know, they didn't pay him expecting him to get drastically better and blossom into this superstar. Same with Drew Holiday. You're paying him. You know what you're getting. You know, he's giving you amazing defense. He's going to give you some awesome stretches offensively. He's going to struggle a little bit offensively sometimes. But, like, I just, as I said, nobody would would argue that Chris Milton's a superstar. Nobody would argue that Drew Holiday's a superstar. So, you, if you're expecting them to be consistent all the time, and as you said, like the superstars do, put up 25 to 30 every single night. If that's what you're expecting, and you're going to get Matt, because he has a couple games where he's putting up, you know, twelve points on four of thirteen shooting. Well, then like you're ex like he's not a superstar. That you're you're expecting him to be a superstar, and he's just not. And like, as you know, you said earlier, and I, I've told so many people that where it's just like, why like, like if you you know do you really expect him not to have bad games? I can understand expecting Giannis not to have bad games because Giannis is a superstar, but. Chris Milton's not Drew Holiday's not, so they're gonna like that's what makes them not a superstar. So they're gonna have these bad games.
1: Yep, no doubt about it. So uh, there's topic number two. Let's move to the third and final topic. Now this one here. Now, so many of you, you know, get on me. Ah, oh, Sparky, you don't really believe what you say on the radio, Sparky. You're just making stuff up just to get people riled up. I know how it is with you, Sparky. First of all, that's never been the case. I believe everything I say. Otherwise, I wouldn't say it. Um, but secondly. Sometimes when you see stuff on Twitter, you're like, "Woof, When you know the person, and I know Nathan Marzian. We do the podcast. This is episode three, Green and Gold. So I saw him with a tweet, and I immediately quote tweeted and said, "Oh, we're talking about that when we record tonight when we do this Green and Gold podcast." So for those, that missed your tweet. It's been I'm since
2: happy? deleted, by the way, but good idea. I still believe it. I still believe it. I only deleted it because I didn't. There was just a bunch of nonsense going on my mentions. I was like, I don't want to deal with this today.
1: Yes. Well, that that's what happens. You put stuff out there, man. You got to be willing to defend it. That's why I say when you take your phone and you tweet something, be ready for the fallout. That's going to happen. It's especially when you got a ton of followers like you have, like people are all over you, waiting for you to make a mistake and jump all over you. That's what this is all about. And so that, this is, comes with the territory. You said something along the lines of, and you feel free to correct me, something along the lines of, Hey man, I don't know if I want this winning streak to get to more than, you know, say 10 games, 10 and 0 or whatever else. And then, then they, they can lose. And I'm good with that. I'm not going to try and justify that statement. I'm going to let you explain yourself for those that saw the tweet that now, since you've deleted, uh, and explain where you're coming from and, and I
2: can't wait to hear it. Go ahead. And again, I did not delete the tweet cause I don't, you know, cause I'm backing down for my take or anything. I completely believe this. I, this, is this was something I, it wasn't like I'm changing my side. Um, it's also not as serious as people might think it is. So I'm, you know, all I said was at some point I get to, I, you know, when they start out seven and oh, I'm sitting here going, okay, well, there's going to be a point where I do kind of want them to lose a game. I want them to get it out of their way. I want them to not start this season let's say 17 and zero.
1: for those of you not know. watching on video and just listening to the audio version of this on Spotify, Google music, uh, and Odyssey and all that stuff. Um, I'm shaking my head in in a negative fashion currently as he's talking. If you don't see the video,
2: go ahead. So this is not me because this is, I, th- this is the problem. And that's part of the reason I deleted the tweet is maybe I think, you know, maybe people misinterpret what I'm trying to say here sure. because I don't, you know, I'm not saying that I'm not thrilled that the bucks are winning. I'm not saying that I'm not gonna for them to win every game. I'm not saying that I'm gonna be hoping they lose, like like rooting for them to lose a game. I'm never gonna do that. I'm simply saying, for me personally, I'm not saying, and I'm not even saying that this is something that affects them on the court. Like I'm not. Oh my god, they are 15 and 0. This is bad for the They're you know I, I'm I'm never one of those people that's like they're good in the regular season. That's actually you know gonna hurt them in the playoffs. I want them to be the four seed rather than the one seed. I don't care about that. For me. Right now, they're in a good position. They're 7 0. Not a ton of people are talking about them. That's so how they're the I want only it to undefeated
1: be. team left.
2: Yeah. And if this was, you know, if this was, it's not even close to, but if it was like the Lakers or someone, it'd be all over the news. It'd sure. be, oh my goodness. I love that it's not. But if this gets to, uh, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16 and 0, which it still would take a lot for that to happen. But if that does happen, all of a sudden, we are the front page news of this. And we are, oh my goodness, you know, this team is. 15 and 0. This is unbelievable. Like the Warriors started that season 24 and 0. It was the only thing talk, anyone was talking about. Personally, I don't want that. I would rather, you know, you're. I, I'm not, I'm mean, again, I'm not saying that if they were 13, and 0 I'm rooting for them to lose, but tell me saying,
1: what you know. happens. Hold on a second. I'm going to help you. So tell me something. So let's say they get a 20 and 0. And the national media showing up in the locker rooms throughout all the games. Now it's really blowing up as a big spot like Giannis, you know, on a team that's gone 20-0 to start a season. Only these many guys have been on a team to start a season. Then I've gone 20-0 because they're going to tie Giannis into whatever the Bucks do, no matter what it is, good or bad. They're going to take him, compare him to Michael LeBron and everybody else at this point because he's so damn good. Okay, fine. So Nathan Marzian, you tell me what is so bad about the spotlight being on the city of Milwaukee on your favorite team that you love more than anything in this world, maybe outside of your family, the Milwaukee bucks. What is so bad
2: about that? Nathan Marzian? It's just a personal preference. I like being under the radar. I would rather be under the radar than be, you know, and, and this is assuming they're still good. I am not at all saying, Oh, I'd rather they be the seven seed. And, you know, not be contending for championships, then be an amazing team that gets the spotlight. No, this is assuming that they're still winning a ton of games. I'm just saying, if I had the choice between being truly, if I had the choice between being like 17, 18 and 0 to start the year and the, and 16 and 2, give me a 16 and 2. Uh, 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 it's uh, it's down, help you, hold me! Hold on, hold on. Help hold on. me!
1: Somebody it's help down, me! Down,
2: it sounds dumb, but it it I'm just saying it it draws and, and this isn't anything to do with I think it's gonna make them play worse. I think that they can't handle the pressure of it. I'm not saying that at all. My preference is that they stay under the radar a little bit. It just makes me feel more comfortable. Maybe this is because we've seen Packer teams and Bucks teams in the past be, you know, amazing regular season, have you know, and it kind of just puts a little bit of a, a spotlight on you, a target on your back, whatever the case may be. And it just doesn't you know, to, Usually and well, and I, it just doesn't make me feel good.
1: I feel like a father figure just disappointed in his son right now. I feel like, oh young man, you've you've just lost your way somewhere along the lines here. So let me explain it from the old guy perspective. All right, you're the young guy, I'm the old guy. I'll give you the old guy perspective. I lived through doing post-game shows after every game on 1250 AM the fan for what was it, 13, 14 years. I went through. As it's a Davis Collins games. What was it? A 16 win season, 17 win season, whatever the hell it was, 15 wins. It was horrible. Okay. Before that stretch, we still have the stretch where we weren't very good in those 90s and those yucky purple jerseys that so many people love and all that. We weren't very good then either. Nathan Marzian, there were times on the post game show, and I don't know if this was before you were listening or after you were listening that literally come February, we as a post-game show started rooting for them to lose because we wanted the better lottery pick and the better chances of a lottery pick. And it wasn't even about that at that point. And in fact, legendary story from the post-game show, Ian in Hartford, who I've become friends with since, as has Gary Ellerson, always used to call onto the show. And somehow or another, and I don't remember how this all played out, but somehow or another, he became... Uh, had contact with Charlie Bell of the Bucks, You know, the Flintstone from Michigan State, guard the whole deal. And they were playing the Celtics, and I believe they were in Boston. And Ian and Charlie had some type of conversation, and Charlie said, oh, we're going to go win one for you tonight, Ian. We're going to go win one for you. And guess what? They pulled the upside. They beat the Celtics, and I haven't let Ian in Hartford live that down since that day because they needed that loss, and every loss the rest of the way. There's another season, which Kevin Durant came out in that draft. Kevin Durant, Al Horford, right? And Greg Oden. Those guys were the top three picks in that draft. Oden was one, then Durant and Al Horford. The one year where you could say, by looking at optics, the Bucks may have been playing the game a little bit. Oh. Toe hurts a little bit, a little bruised. Okay, sit down, you're done for the year. Yeah, Whatever the case may be. You know, playing it a little bit to try and get that best pick you can get, was the first time, and I don't know if it's happened since, the first time that the top three teams that were eligible for the top three picks, the three worst records, all three, Nathan Marzion missed a top three pick, all three of them. So instead of having three in Al Horford to play with Bogut and to play with Michael Red, you ended up with E.G. On Leon at six. Box legend. Box legend. Bye. So, here you go. Hey, let's lose a couple. Oh, my God. I, I can't. I cannot do it. For numerous reasons. One, I lived through all that crap, and I know it's going to happen again in my lifetime. We were going to go back to this at some point here again. Packer fans, we may be getting ready to go through that here in the next couple of years once Rodgers is done. Man, win every game you can possibly win, but not at the extent of overplaying Giannis too many minutes or something crazy like that, right? They play him 30 minutes a night, and they're 17-0. and 0, I'm good. Keep playing onward and upward. Let's roll. Let's see how many wins we can get to start uh, the basketball season. Maybe we can set a record or something fun like that. I would like the one seed. I would like home court throughout the playoffs and the Eastern conference playoffs. I I would, I I think that's a big deal to make some of these other teams have to come here and play you, especially if it's going to be Boston. Like I I think there is something home court advantage uh, for the bucks that they have to take on the Celtics later in the year. So all of that makes sense. Yeah. 17 and 2 16 and 2 instead of being undefeated in 18 and 0
2: go ahead sorry so a few things a few things number 1 i do not i'm not going to be upset with you or completely disagree with you i, I if you want to win every game i'm never going to like be like oh my god why do you want to win every game that's crazy no i'm not i'm not sitting up here completely arguing with the other side saying you know you guys are wrong and to me this is just a personal preference thing if you pref- if you don't care about the whole getting attention and you know, that doesn't, that, that doesn't bother you at all. Do you think don't, it
1: affects, hold on. Do you think it will affect the locker room? Do you think it will affect the team? Do you think it no. will affect the coaching staff? Cause this team, not all of them, but most of them went and won a NBA championship. They were they in the were NBA still underrated. Finals, biggest stage they won. They lived through the Brooklyn series where Barkley and everybody else thought Booneholzer was a complete idiot and thought he was going to cost in the series. Booneholzer lived through that. The Bucks lived through that and went through the whole thing. They're not a little newbie franchise. This is the first time they're going to be the
2: national spotlight. And we don't know what's going to happen. Number one, they were still underrated when they won that title. Yes. Number two, number two, which year? So 2018, had the spotlight on him all year. Best team in the league. Giannis MVP 2019. Best team in the league all year. Spotlight on him. Giannis MVP 2020. Didn't have that three seed. You know, people kind of forgot about him a little bit. Giannis didn't win MVP. No defensive player of the year. Nothing like that. That's when they won the title. I'm not, and I'm not saying so they that they can't that, that handle it, pressure. Then you're saying
1: if the spotlight on him, hit the Mars Giannis say, "Hey y'all, they can't." Do I it was the one seed. That, is that what you're saying?
2: I was just about to say, I I am not saying that this is going to affect them on the court, but if your argument for it is they've won a championship, they can handle the pressure. The one time they won the championship was when they didn't have as much pressure Mm -hmm. on them last year. I mean, they would have won, I think with Chris, so I'm not agreed, you know, and they, and they had, you know, last year they had all that, you know, they, they did have the whole NBA champs thing, whatever. Again, I don't think it was to the extent that it would be for other teams. Um, but I'm simply saying, that I prefer them to be under the radar. And I don't think this is super, I, I put out a poll after that. Would you rather your team be the spotlight or be the um, talk of the NBA and the spotlight of the NBA, or would you rather your team fly under the radar a little bit? 2,000 votes, 70% of people said under the radar. So I'm not crazy here completely. I am just, and and- I'm not gonna sit here and say that like you're wrong. There, there's really I don't think there's a right or wrong side. All right, Marsha, here I'll go another old guy thing for
1: you. Do you realize how many years the Bucks were not on TNT? They were not. They were not on TNT. And it once they got a game on TNT, it's like whoo, we're on TNT! Holy crap! And then when they made the, they got to play on Christmas. Oh my hey, goodness! That was, I, I, hey, Everybody I was, was losing old. their mind. And now I don't want people talking about us. I've had enough of all that stuff. We've been through it all. That's old ad. Just leave us alone and let us go play our basketball games. People call Packer fans spoiled. Marzion, you and some of these Bucks fans, man, might be a little spoiled. Get a title on your belt, and now you're feeling yourself. Uh, that, that's all right, though. That's all right. At Nathan Marzion on Twitter, if you want to uh, tweet at Nathan Marzion. He's got a lot of followers. You should follow him as well. I'm at Sparky Radio. Again, green and growing. This podcast, we were doing on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I attempt to Tuesday to live stream to Twitter and YouTube, uh, and YouTube wouldn't allow it, so it's only on Twitter. Today I attempted to do Twitter and YouTube and you got to set some time thing that's why we were late. So I set the time thing and you want to know what happened this time? We're on YouTube and it never got sent out to Twitter for whatever the reason. I don't know. We'll try to get next week on Tuesday. John McLaughlin, Johnny Mac, Fox Legend. Next Tuesday, I cannot wait to talk to John McLaughlin and see what's going up with what's going on with him. His thoughts on this Bucks team. We're definitely going to pose this goofy Marzion thought process to him and see what Johnny Mac thinks about that. And we got to see what's going on with the Mac fun because, you know, it's all about the Mac fun and Johnny McLaughlin. Hey, the Marzion, thank you so much. Be safe over the weekend when you go out and after people hear and see this take, um, you know, and if, you know, you get any feedback, I can't wait to hear about it on Tuesday when we reconvene for the okay. next uh, edition of Green and Going.
2: I just have, I just have, I gotta add a little bit more context that this won't take long. Cause this is again, part of the reason I delete the tweet. You can't add enough context to really capture everything. People are gonna misinterpret it. And because right away you go to comparing, hey, you're spoiled because look what, look how bad it was before. As I said, I am not at all saying like I'd rather have a seven seed, eight seed team that misses the playoffs but gets no attention rather than be the right. one seed and get attention. I'm simply comparing it to if you could be just a, you know, Still be very, very, very good, but just not good enough that you're like getting a crap. Because for the Milwaukee Bucks to get a ton of media attention, they have to do something like 15 and 0, like that's the only way it happens. They're 7 and 0 right now, they're not getting much. So I'm simply just saying, you know, if they can be very, very, very good, but just not good enough to get a ton of attention, that's perfect for me. I'm even, even if they're still the one, I want them to still be the one seed because they can be the one seed and still be underrated. The yeah. only way they would be is if they somehow get to like seventy wins and are mm-hmm. you know again twenty and zero and that's how you get to like everyone's talking about it. And personally, I just don't want that. That's all. I, I think very they very well may end up with the best record in the NBA.
1: And this is all said and done, they very well may end up with the best record in the NBA. And oh, by the way, I know people were talking about it yesterday. Watch out for Cleveland. I mean, we all knew they're a playoff team. We all knew they're going to be a good team. But when Garland came back and went with Mitchell, those guys look good together and garland's think- been out since what the first game uh and now he comes back uh and they look really good together in game one and then you got some you know bigs that can get out and run or an athletic and so forth Cleveland's gonna be a team that somebody's gonna have to deal with in the playoffs whether it be the bucks or the celtics one of them will have to beat them to advance at some point
2: yeah and they have had a history of defending Giannis pretty well too which yeah with those bigs i mean it makes sense but yeah we play them coming up here pretty soon so um should be fun to at least just again see uh See what it kind of looks like, in the- and maybe yeah. you'll get your loss you're looking for, and then oh, yeah. I mean, you can relax. I am, rel- am rooting lose. You can wait.
1: relax a little bit, be like okay, Whew, pressure's off. They can't start undefeated. That's all done. That storyline's over. No more spotlight for the Bucs
2: and we can move on. You can't now- tell me you wouldn't be. You can't tell me you wouldn't be at least just a little bit like you know if they if they're twelve and zero and they lose that you're just a little bit like okay no. Off. Absolutely not. No, I would love to see them 20 and 0 30
1: and 0 something insane. Like, put the bucks in the record books for something else. Give Giannis something else to put on his resume that Michael Jordan don't have, LeBron don't have, Durant don't have. None of these guys have. Let him have something else. When you start talking about greatest player of all time and that resume and everything that goes along with it, let him add that to it. He's the only guy of all those guys that got off to some crazy hot start with his basketball team and averaged 30 or 32 or whatever it is through the whole run. Man, please, boy, I'd be a little relieved if they lost. No, I'm not going to be a little relieved if they lost. Now if they lose, I'm going to be thinking about you first, as will anybody else that listens to this podcast. Nathan Marzian is going to be the first person we all think of when they lose their first game. We should all say, hey, Good times, Nathan Marzian. They finally lost. You can just relax, relax a little bit. Do, are you are do you because uh, you're old enough to drink? So do, do you go out to the bars and the clubs and all that stuff? Are you out and about? Do. You do. You do. What is the beverage of choice for Nathan Marzian?
2: Vodka Sprite Lemonade No Ice, the Giannis special.
1: Vodka Sprite is he-
2: Lemonade, no ice. Giannis, when he went to Chick Fil A after the finals, got Sprite lemonade no ice. I went out after that and decided, hey, I'm gonna throw vodka in here, and that's the drink.
1: Vodka Sprite lemonade. It's a vodka all Giannis.
2: Right. We can we call it
1: right. So when they lose, our boy Marzian here can go get himself a Giannis special drink or whatever he deemed this thing. No ice in an alcoholic drink like that. I don't understand how that. Okay. Yeah, the more I learn about this kid, the more
2: he's going to educate yeah. me on what's cool because I am not cool. Oh, it's not cool. Trust me. I am the only person I know that does that. But, it's hey, it's a Giannis thing. It's a Bucks thing. I got to stay on brand. It's a Marzion thing, obviously. Yeah. All right. Again, yeah. follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzion
1: at Sparky Radio. Again, you can download, follow us. They have these auto-downloaders you can do, too, right? Spotify, Apple odyssey google music we're there as well and of course now uh youtube i'm starting to put these podcasts and video up on youtube we'll do another one on tuesday with john mclaughlin uh be watching hopefully the twitter live feed will work on tuesday and the youtube feed will work on tuesday and we'll finally get this correct so stay tuned thanks so much for listening really appreciate it we'll talk to you on tuesday i want the bucks to still be undefeated when we come back are you okay with that? I wouldn't hey, that's
2: not too many wins. That's like it's that's not too like many what? wins yeah. yet.
1: All right. So we're yeah. still all rooting for the same thing. Have a good one.